Hey there, I'm Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. And this is Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. Where we buck the fear-based narrative and explore topics in a fun and unique way. All in service of personal growth. Welcome to Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. I am your co-host Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. And what are we talking about today, Jeff? We are talking about time. Ooh, time. I think we already. Yeah. I think topics everywhere. I think we already lost some listeners on that one. They don't. <laughs> they don't. They don't have time to listen to time. <laughs> I've, I've already. Time. I've already triggered someone, and we're less than 60 seconds in so that's a win <laughs> yeah man um what's your relationship with time i'd say scarcity limited not enough i wish i had more and it's like what am i doing with the time that i do have is it going to waste i hope not um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a limitation context that I've had with time, I think for most of my life actually. And I've, I've heard that passed down from my parents as well. I'm sure I get some of that from them. And so yeah, basically scarcity. What about you, Jeff? I mean, it might be scarcity. I mean, some version of it, but it's more of like competition. Like I try to beat time. So if I'm early, I can do more things and thus have time for something else later. Or um, if there's no traffic or something and there was supposed to be traffic, I'm like all jazzed because there was no traffic and I beat time again. Um, Oh, it's probably some version of that. Um, and it got drilled uh, into me by my dad, not my mom, but my dad, you know, if you're on time, you're late. So mm. he would be incestuously, grossly early. Like before you had to wait at the gate and you could go in at the airport and stuff, we'd be like four hours early before a domestic flight. Yes. <laughs> That's hardcore. It's, it was pretty rough, but it did teach me to be early for things and carry a book or have some things that you could do from your phone when you arrive early that, you know, just, you might not have the time for on a busy day, but you're early so you can get those things done. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, from the automatic, it's wake up and you're already late. Um, so I've definitely spent some work around that to, you know, be a little calmer, but I'm definitely the one around here, like making sure that people are on time. Cause it's, if, if it's left to, to my wife and my kids, it's like, they don't know how to read a clock. So that's not going to work. Um, and guilty omission. I think I've got at least a couple of years before my kids listen to this. I've set all of their clocks 15 minutes ahead and they still don't actually know. <laughs> So I think I built in scarcity to them because they run down like they're late 
And I'm like, oh, no, we still got 10 minutes. Um, but it's constantly that thing, right? That how can I beat time? I don't really look at time as an ally. I'm more like a competitor and adversary. Mm. Mm. What are you running from, Jeff? <laughs> Nothing, man. I don't think I'm running from anything. I'm running to something. But I don't really know what I'm running to. Like all this time, and then I'm like, I'm bored. Like, well, yeah, you just ran through your day. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know, we spent a good amount of time together. Um, yeah, man. Like when I, when I first, look, when I first heard that you were putting your laundry on timer, I was like, dang, this guy is to the minute. And it totally makes sense to me because I'll leave the clothes in the wash, washer dryer and kind of like go off and do my thing and forget about it for a while and then I'll come back and do it. But it's so much more efficient when you have it on a timer. But I'm like, this is the only guy I know that does this. Oh, come on. There's got to be other crazy people like me. Nah, dude. Come on. Nah, All right. So you're, if if anyone's listening to this podcast, <laughs> please message me or Tatsu on social media that you also set your timer when you do your laundry. I cannot be the only one. Meaning on your phone. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, like a, like a separate alarm on your phone or your watch or whatever. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up. I'd like to know all you secret time sensitive people out there that are massively, massively efficient that I didn't know about. <laughs> it's a thing, man. I set my timer for everything. I mean, I think that's the thing, right? I, uh, like I love efficiency mm -hmm. and that can be a good thing. Like I guess being efficient with the laundry, if I've got like 10 loads of laundry to do, but it could also be a little, um, much like I, you know, I can be a little bit annoying, I would imagine, uh, getting ready in the morning. You know, like if I'm helping my kids get ready, I wake them up, I set my alarm, here's another alarm, go back in there 15 minutes later, wake them up again, because now that's the real time they're supposed to get up, and then if they're not up, I wake them again 10 minutes later, there's alarms for all these tots who you're not going to like that. And then I've got, you know, an alarm when we leave, and I've got all these things, you know, when we need to leave. Um, so that could probably be a little annoying if, you know, you're a little sleepy or you're a little bit more laid back and you've got someone who's kind of barking on you to like, get ready. There's times where I don't care like how I show up in that moment. And then there's times where I'm present to it and I'm like, okay, like I don't have to be this like rigid. But I think that's the thing I battle it's actually never really like completely laid back with time with me, but there's probably like a, an extreme rigidness and then there's a middle ground. Um, yeah, maybe on vacation, I might like let loose and not have my phone or watch on me to set timers, but I'm usually conscious of time. Mm -hmm. But I think the, 
The issue for me is it takes me out of being present because in order to, to own time and how it goes, you got to be one or two steps ahead. So there's a cost. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I've, my parents have always been pretty strict about time and, and, but it was coming from a disempowered place, I think. Cause it's like, we don't want to look bad if we're late. We don't want to slow everybody else down type thing. So they were like, they would tell us like your team's going to start late because of you. So don't be late. Yep. Or you're going to miss this. So we can't be late. So it was coming from a, a disempowered place. And that's, that's carried on. I think the, one of the roots of my time scarcity is like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be something that I don't need to be or trying to get somewhere where I don't really need to get to, but I think I do because that's what society wants from me or that's what it means for me to be successful. And so I've had this like interesting dual relationship with time where it's like, I know it's important and I want to be on time because I don't want to be seen as a lagger in general, yet I don't want to control my life so much where I become robotic, like a clock ticking away, you know? So I don't know. I think that's a, that's a ongoing dance for me. Where, where is it? Where do I, what feels right for me? I think for the most part, growing up in that type of scarcity mindset, it's more, I still have a general disempowered relationship to time right now. It's shifted a lot in the last five, five, six years, but overall, it's like, I think there's time and energy that's, that's really tied together for me. It's if I do all these things, if I become more efficient, I'm going to deplete my own energy. Hmm. It's, it's really weird. Well, it makes sense. I mean, isn't there embedding embedded scarcity with time since it's the only thing we can never get back? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. It's in the past. Right. So while there's an abundance of time per se, we're also as me. Right, can speed up. Um, as we know, like growing older, the time goes quicker than when we were younger. And like, it's never promised. Like we don't actually know. If we knew, right, okay, we're gonna live to 95 years old. All right, well, yes, it's still going down, you know, as we get closer to that. It's a lot of time, right? It's a lot of time. We have no idea. Mm -hmm. So I think it gives the illusion to kind of see what you want to see through your context and your prison. Mm -hmm. so if you want to see scarcity in this empowered options, it's going to be more mm -hmm. obvious. Yeah. 
if you want to see more possibility and spaciousness, you're going to see that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's interesting how like time is just made up and it allows us to get things done. It allows us to meet on time, to have deadlines, set goals, all that kind of stuff. But it's really just a made up thing. Humans made it up. And we attach so much meaning to it. Especially with, we don't know when we're going to die. So there, there's, like you said, a, of like an innate urgency, sense of urgency to do things when we have, when we feel like we have limited time, at least more pressure. Doesn't mean that we'll get into action and actually get things done, but there might be a, a sense of like, I'm not going to reach my highest potential because there's not enough time. Or it could be, I'm going to do everything the hell I can today because there isn't enough, enough time. Right. So yeah, I'm kind of going off on the tangent, but there's this, <laughs> it's such a vast. We don't have time for that tangent. We don't have time. We deliver a 30 minute podcast. <laughs> So perfect, right? <laughs> I love these tangents, man. Yeah. So for people who have disempowering relationships with time, what advice do you have for them? Hmm. Join the club? <laughs> But I think you gotta if own you don't it. Say it. You gotta own it. Like, you know, like it, it's not like my relationship with time is me and I am that, but it is a part of me. Like I will be on time. I will be active. I will want to get the most out of the day. And I think as I evolve, I will change that definition. That will grow. So I think there's some form of honoring where we came from and, and what, what works. Cause I think a lot of that does work for me. As long as I don't weaponize it to take me out of who I want to be in the process of that. I've been trying to jerk around time every, you know, with everything and everyone around me, that that's not going to be worth it. So I think it's noticing and, and ebbing the flow of what you want and how you want to get there. And, and I think noticing, like, I think the people around you will let you know, like the craziest thing with time. And I never got this. So I had kids is like, like you spell like kids spell love T I M E. They don't spell it with how much you hug them or kiss them or give them toys or whatever the thing is. They only know and measure that by how much time you spend with them. So if they feel like you're not spending time with them, they don't think you love them. Mm. And that's crazy and also like probably pretty spot on. Mm. Mm. 
But that, that as an adult, like you're kind of like, come on, man, I just saw you like big deal. Like, like they don't get that right. They're like, no, like I want to hang out with you. I want to like play with you. I want to do these things with you. And so I, you kind of look at that. And then I think as we get older, we, we have the same definition, right? Quality time. You know, we can't quality, quality, right? We kind of like narrow it down, right? We don't go with mass. We go with quality, quality friendships, not a thousand friends, maybe six friends, maybe less, right? We get back to that, like almost like innocent youth of the definition of time, quality time, quality experiences. So I think, you know, again, to the original question of like, what advice you would you give someone with? disempowering, you know, relationship with time. It's like, own it, know that you're not weird. Most likely most of us have some disempowering relationships with time and play around with it. Like, I don't know, maybe one day I, I don't set alarms and I am pretty relaxed from time. How's it feel? What, what worked? What didn't? I bet there were some cool things I'd learn, but I gotta be open. And I got to like have some play around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about, what about you? Yeah. Well, the, I, I think, I think you hit it, hit it, hit the nail on the head with the word quality, with quality time. I think growing up for me, the time I spent looking back wasn't as quality as I thought it might've been because there was so many years that went by. I'm like, where did that year go? I don't remember much. Like if you ask me what I was doing, like summer of 2010, I don't remember. I, except that I had ruptured my second Achilles and I was rehabbing it. But like, what, what, what happened? What was significant about that summer? Or even going back further, it gets more and more muddy, the memories, you know? And I think because I was just kind of drifting along. So I was spending time, but not necessarily being very intentional with my time. But I do remember very vivid instances of when I was like in elementary school, growing up in LA and these moments of just pure joy and like kind of what you were talking about going back to like childlike, um, enjoyment of this quality time. So I think being very intentional with time and what brings you into the moment and what makes you present to every day, that will help because that living in that type of like meaning and fulfillment makes this whole time construct kind of kind of softer, softens it. It's like, it's not as important because what you did was so meaningful to you. You know what I mean? As opposed to you did a bunch of tasks and they were just like checking things off the list, but you really didn't care about them. It's like, oh, where did time go? Yeah. How did, you know, how, how useful, how meaningful was that day? I don't know. It's just brand a bunch of errands versus I was working on something that was really awesome. I was like, having these conversations with these people that I love and, you know, it really made an impact on me. Yeah. I think 
really, you know, what I hear is empowering the time you're spending and what you're spending mm -hmm. it on. So there are days where, you know, there's a good amount of stuff to do. It's a busy day. And I'll be, like I said, reading, but I'll be thinking about the second, third, and fourth, and fifth thing I'm doing. And then I'll stop myself. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, there's no point in doing this. I'm thinking about those other things. So what do I actually want to do now that I can actually mm -hmm. like be present, enjoy it, and like move through right. it for sure. But like, there's so, there's so many times if I'm scattered, I might get those things done, but I don't really like how and which and how I wish I did that. And the worst is that kind of snowballs the rest of the day. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, I was busy, but I wasn't effective. I wasn't productive and I wasn't really present. Mm. And the worst case, the worst part is it's exhausting. It's like doing double work and getting the same amount done. Um, yeah. So I think that's the, that's the interesting thing I've been paying attention to is yes, I can be productive and yes, I can get a lot of things done. It's sometimes better to get less things done and just, you know, be in the moment a little more than to get more things done just for our student. You know, so I think time is definitely attached to presence. Mm. Yeah, and if I agree. Mastering presence on like mundane tasks and just noticing and listening and using your five senses helps, helps kind of bring back that presence. Mm. And building a relationship with time, right? Like you said, time is made up. So I totally made up the fact that like time's an adversary and a competitor and someone mm -hmm. I need to like beat and scheme and, you know, get one on. Time can be an ally. Time can be a friend. Mm -hmm. like we're making this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you think of like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think that's something that people need to like notice like not only what's their relationship with time, but how are they treating time? Mm. Right. I think we talked about this in the money episode of like, you know, give money a name, you know, if, you, if money was a person, how would you mm. be treating that person? And the same goes with time. And I would say time we're more like scandalous with, right? When he has his own context, but time, because it's constant, doesn't matter what your economic background is or financial status or what you do, we're all dealing with the same 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. And you know, you might get those days where you fly across country and get some extra hours, but essentially we're all dealing with 24 hours in a day. You know, us, Oprah, you know, mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, whoever, same 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool because it puts everybody on the same starting point with time. And then, mm -hmm. hey, how we, I don't want to say manage time because you can't manage something that doesn't exist, but what we take on around time makes the difference. Mm. Yeah, I remember you, you saying in one of our conversations in the past about in order to break up time context, the disempowering time context, 
add more stuff in. And when you say we all have the same 24 hours, like when you think about like president of the United States or Oprah or, or whoever, how much they have to get done in a day versus us. And if they're getting a lot more done, we have a lot more room where we can grow and make use of, of our time. Question is, how to fill it with more intentional actions, not just busy work, right? Right. Or mind-numbing scrolling. Or mind-numbing scrolling. Yes. And not that's like a whole nother tent. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and not like that's inherently bad, right? I don't want to make that bad. But again, that's one of those things where like, are you going to scrolling as an adult pacifier? Cause you're unhappy with yeah. your Or are you saying, Hey, I want to catch up on so-and-so's birthday or like what's going on with this person who maybe lost a loved one. I think there's a post about it. Okay. Cool. And again, is that like empowered? And are you like, to your point earlier, it was like, all right, well, what's the intention around that? Um, because again, these things by themselves aren't necessarily bad, but what's the intention? Because if we go down the nothing rabbit hole, well, then time slips away. Mm. And then we just had something that doesn't exist. It's not real, AKA time. I guess it exists, but it's not a real concept it's made up, but we just let something that was made up leverage us. Right. Yeah. And then we're now the victim mm -hmm. of our own lack of discipline mm -hmm. and commitment to our relationship with time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, and again, as we, you know, kind of look to close this episode, when I think like, all right, say this is kind of new or say this is something that people have known, but you know, something they had an aha moment here. I think for me, the biggest thing is tracking your time, like actually tracking your ledger and like, here was my day. And for anyone who's done this, it is super annoying. Mm -hmm. It's so annoying to be like, <laughs> I woke up at 5.30 and I got ready and I was done getting ready and dressed at 6. And like writing all this down is so tedious and exhausting. But I guarantee you, if you do that for a week, your mind will be blown. <laughs> how much time we waste as humans. It's absurd. But I think in order to break up with your disempowering time context, you got to know what's so. Mm. So I think that would be the thing, like the activity wise, right? There's obviously like context and, and books and podcasts that can help. But I think prior to that, like just get real with yourself mm. and take a week and record every single hour of what you did that day. And then at the end of that week, look at it. So that's what I would 
you know, for the listeners who are courageous enough to take on that mundane, tedious, but mind-blowing activity, that's what I would say to take on. What do you, uh, what do you have for the, listen- it, the listeners out there, the two or three that are still listening and, uh, <laughs> didn't that, ran they, out of time. The rest ran out of time. Exactly. <laughs> I'd say, listen to your thoughts and your speech around time and how you're speaking about it. I think it would give some insight into whether you have an empowering or disempowering relationship with it and just becoming more aware of it first and foremost. Then you can go in and start to reprogram your, your ideas and your thoughts and your beliefs. Um, but like you said, you need to know what's so first. So paying attention to what's so in the mind, in the words that you use. And notice other people too. And how they're, how they're that's speaking. always a fun game. Always a fun game. We- I like it, man. Awareness. Yep. Awareness leads to action for sure. Cool. Well, that was awesome. That time went quickly, pun intended. And uh, <laughs> where where should people reach out to us? They can find us on all social, social media platforms that we're on. They're all in the show notes. Please comment, like, follow us. We appreciate all of your feedback, all of your support. And please continue to check up, check up on us every week at this time, this day. Awesome. And don't forget, all my fellow alarm clock users with laundry, hit up Tatsu, blow his social media up, let him know we're out in the streets, and it's a real thing. <laughs> all right, my man. Till next time. All right, brother. See you on the flip side. Thank you for checking out this episode of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. And if you got some value today, please subscribe and share, and we'll see you on the next one.